Welcome to the Universal Sisterhood Podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter, and be the authentic woman she was designed to be. Every human heart is created to be known, loved, and understood. So this is the place where women can share their stories. Welcome to episode 55. In today's episode, I chat with Jenny Bonnell. She is such an inspiration. She's a woman who knows how to love with her whole body, mind, and soul. She has one of Australia's largest families with 16 children. Her and her husband, Ray, live in country um, Queensland in Toowoomba. She shares her life with us as we discuss uh, the logistics of a large family. Um, she also talks about her faith, her suffering and her battles with cancer. She has now had cancer twice, two different types of cancers, but she is um, a woman of faith, of love and of hope. Um, she's such a delight to chat to. You're going to love listening to her. If you want to um, know more about her and her family, they have a YouTube channel called The Bonnell Family. Just hop on over to YouTube and you'll find it there. Um, She's also on Instagram or Facebook. Check her out. She is such a delight. Um, I also want to remind you of the Beloved Retreat, which is happening this June, June the 12th, um, at St. Finbar's Parish in Glenbrook. We would love to see you there. It is going to be such a beautiful day of prayer, friendship, um, worship. All the sacraments will be available. Uh, Not marriage, of course. (laughs) Um, But there's confession and the mass and there will be adoration. Um, And we would really, really, really love to see you. So it doesn't matter where you are on your faith journey. If you feel that you would really like to come, you are most welcome. Check us out. Hop on over to my Instagram page and in the bio there is a link to the registration form. We would love for you to come and join us. I hope you enjoy Jenny Bonnell. So today's guest is Jenny Bonnell. Do you say Bonnell or Bonnell? Bonnell. Bonnell. She is a mother to 16 amazing children, a wife to Ray. Is that right? That's correct. Of how many years? 32 years. 32 years. And she is a survivor of cancer not once but twice. True. Would we we say that? Cautiously saying that. (laughs) She is a stoic woman who the world needs to hear more about. So I would love to introduce Jenny to the podcast. Welcome, Jenny. Hi, how are you? (laughs) Um, Now, a friend of mine drew you to my attention. Uh, She must follow you on Instagram or or I'm not sure. Do you have YouTube channels or something Um, like that? Yeah, we've got a family Facebook page. We've got family Instagram and we've got a YouTube channel as well. Uh Uh-huh. Well, she she um, alerted me to you, and I was totally taken by your story, and fell instantly fell in love with you. So I I got in contact with you, and uh, I'm so grateful that you're on the podcast today. So welcome. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. 
<laughs> All right, so let's start by giving us some background information of, of who you are and what life looks like for you. All right, well, as you said, I'm, I'm married to Ray for 32 years. Um, we live here in Toowoomba in Queensland and we are the parents of 16 children. So those 16 children are all ours, all biological. Um, for a lady who started off saying I maybe might get married someday and I didn't want any children, um, I think I have been more than abundantly blessed <laughs> by, by God and um, I'm just so grateful that um, this is the way my life ended up. That's beautiful. Uh, so did you say you weren't that fussed on getting married and having children? Yeah, I kind of thought maybe I might get married by the time I'm 30 and, yeah, kids just didn't didn't do it for me. I was just like, nah, <laughs> not really <laughs> so what, interested. <laughs> what changed your heart? Um, oh, look, a lot of things probably. I, I come from a small family, so I only have one sister myself. And I met Ray and, you know, clearly I think when you meet the right person, things happen. You know, I think you, you, you your ideas change. And he's the eldest of six children. And I went over to meet his family and my mum asked me after that first visit, she said, "How what was that like? How was it like with all those kids over there? And I went, oh, my goodness. I said, there's so many of them. Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to remember anyone's name or anything like that. And, um, but clearly it had a little bit of impact on me thinking that, you know, I kind of, kind of didn't mind that, that chaos and, and that family life sort of thing. So, you know, I agreed that I would have one, maybe two kids. And in all honesty, it was me that came back and asked for number three. Mm. And um, at that stage, we had a boy and two girls. And Ray asked if we could try for another boy. And I thought, okay, that would probably be okay. That would be the four kids, you know, that would be complete. And we ended up with another girl. Um, and so, you know, Ray was sort of pushing like, you know, like one boy, three girls, could we <laughs> maybe still Even it out. boy, you know, he still wanted another boy. And after the fourth baby was when we lost the first baby. Um, and when you lose a child, it's, um, it changes your heart, I think. And at that point, we just opened up ourselves to saying, well, look, you know, let's just have another one, see where we go from there. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And we then went on to have, you know, a few more boys in a row there and, <laughs> and, and we did, boys. yeah, we didn't actually lose any more babies till after number 12 at that point and you know kind of dealt with that and thought that's part of the journey if you're going to grow a large family you're bound to to come across miscarriage mm. you know more than a few times probably and so that was fine we dealt with that we went on to get to number 15 um and then we actually lost four in a row mm. and actually thought that well perhaps that's that's it you know, we're going to have 15 children and that's the end of our childbearing sort of thing. Um, How old we were you at this point? Um, 
early 40s, so, you know, 43, 44. Mm-hmm. And then I, um, I did fall pregnant again. Uh, we didn't give up hope. So, you know, I'm a little bit stubborn that way. I, you know, we, we, we hung in there and we, and we, we went on to have our 16th baby and uh, she's an absolute joy. She, <laughs> she runs our whole household for us. Um, and, you know, even at that point, we were still content to be open to whatever blessings were going to come our way. We did fall pregnant after that. So I was, um, I was 46 at that stage. And um, but we lost that one as well. So we've lost a total of seven babies on top of the 16 that we actually have with us here as well. So Wow. You have a quiver full. Oh, it certainly do. <laughs> How beautiful. That is beautiful. I mean, for some, uh, I'm one of five. I have six children. My husband's one of eight. And I am surrounded by a lot of big families. Lovely. So for me, it. I see it as not normal, but I see it as manageable. Some right. people just see that and think, how on earth, how on earth do you get, you know, they, I always get the comment, you must get it more than I do. <laughs> you have 10 more than me. But the comment is, I can't even handle the two I have. How do you manage? Yeah, six? well, I, I was one yeah, of those 30, people 30 years yeah. ago. I was like, how do you do this? It's crazy. <laughs> So what would be your, your what's your way of, you know, answering that question to millions of people that ask you probably daily? <laughs> How do you handle it? Um, I, you know, it's not like somebody just dumped 16 children in my yeah. lap and just went, <laughs> yeah, right now, One right, take them all. <laughs> um, yeah. So we've had plenty of time to adjust, you know, mm. as each baby's come along, you just sort of welcome it in and becomes part of thinking how did how do we do life even before that child so I can't even remember what it was like just to have a few children because mm-hmm. this has been my life now for so long and I think you know I often speak with mums and I said you, you know you just have to stop and enjoy the little things each day and sort of embrace that joy for that moment you know there's plenty of hard things that go along with parenting mm-hmm. plenty of challenges plenty of issues we've all you know there's teenagers there's there's young adults there's lots of things that you got to deal with and I think you just have to grab on for all those those little moments you know where you see a a sibling hug another sibling or um Mm. you know one of your kids might leave you a little note or offer to help you water the garden or something you just got to grab onto those moments because they're the they're the ones that you're going to go back and remember Mm. and they're fleeting too if you don't if you don't um if you're not conscious of looking for them, you'll miss them. Oh, I, absolutely, yep. Yeah, and I think regardless of how many children you have, you have to have that um, mindset of of appreciating the now and the small because life just takes over and it doesn't matter if you've got two or 16. If you're not um, conscious of it, you won't see it. Would you agree? If there's if there's anything I've learned over the last few years is that life is very fragile, and mm. you 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 don't know how long you're going to have. Um, things might come up that might cut cut that short, you know. So again, you want to be grasping on to every moment that you possibly can. Even even the bad moments mm. can become good moments within yeah. family. Yeah, and how has the dynamics helped? I know my husband's one of eight and I remember because I have a lot of, the, in my family I've got, there's four girls and then the two boys are at the end. 
But in his family, the boys were, you know, they kind of came in pairs. Right. So um, they kind of had a buddy. And, you know, going through those teenage years, it was the, the, you know, kids naturally think that they know better than mum and dad or mum and dad don't understand. Um, But in a big family, they will have those thoughts as well. But they've got that sibling to kind of pick them up and pull them along. Have you noticed that in your family, in the dynamics of of getting through teenagehood? Yeah, I I find it really interesting when you've got the same parents, you know, the same genetics, the same upbringing, the Mm. same environment, same diet, same rules, everything's the same. Yet I I could not have picked 16 more diverse personalities to put together. And you can actually see, and it's not always the ones that are right next to each other in age either. Sometimes it's Mm -hmm. an older child and a younger one. And mm. they seem to be able to just gel really well. Friendships are there. You can see it. Um, mm. I often say just because you're related to each other doesn't mean you have to be best friends. <laughs> you know, you will always be family, but, you know, you're not always going to be buddy-buddy. And But it's it's interesting to see the different um, dynamics between the personalities of the children. And I, I think that that's great because we are often asked with so many children um, how do you find the time to give to each child individually? And, you know, the beauty of having so many people in the family is that if mum and dad can't have that moment with that child, there is somebody else in the family Mm. who has either gone through that or, you know, kind of understands what they're going through at that that moment and they can go and talk to that sibling as well. Mm. So it's not that they become the parent. You know, no. Ray and I are very, very definite that we do the parenting, but mm. having a, a sibling be able to step in in a moment where mum and dad can't is just so, it's it's, it's beautiful actually to see it happen. Mm. Mm. Um, it certainly helps us, but, um, you know, I think it's just it's just an important part of that, that large family dynamic that goes on here. Yeah. It's such a gift that you've given your children is siblings. Mm. I know some some families aren't um, fortunate enough to have children or or have a second child or have a third child, um, but what a gift you've given them to have siblings to get them through life. It's it's yeah. It's, I mean, families come in all shapes and sizes, and yeah. you know whether that's through choice or or whether that's just the way life has set it up for people. Um, I'm just grateful that you know. This this was clearly chosen for me and, um, wow, the, the benefits that I see in my own family, you know, I, I can't speak highly enough of them because um, it's not something I would have chosen. But now that I've done this, I wouldn't choose anything but this. What's the age gap? What's the range? Um, so our eldest boy is and our youngest is six. Wow. So I think down to six. So I think he just turned. Um, he was about twenty-four, I think, when we had the youngest one. So yeah, it's like wow. a full generation of kids. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Everything has changed dramatically. What, yeah. Yeah. Have you noticed a difference from the first three to the last three, just in their childhood? Like oh, this. Yes, absolutely. Um, there was n- not much technology around when we had our older children. So we didn't have to deal with screen time and 
you know, iPads and laptops and, and mobile phones and all of that sort of stuff was just non-existent when we had our older children. So um, there's a whole new range of rules and <laughs> things that we've had to bring into our parenting. Um, you know, it's part of schooling now and everything. So, you know, you have to be well aware that um, it's part of life now. And, and you have to find a way of making that family friendly, which is, it's a challenge. It's a real mm. challenge. Would you say being a parent today is harder than being a parent 33, 31 years ago? I think so, yeah. Mm. I think when you add in that technology, that, that definitely adds a, a very large layer over the top of all your regular parenting yeah. skills. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's where our siblings do come in to help as well. Because they, yeah. they'll always tell you when one kid's not doing the right thing. They're justice warriors. <laughs> yes, because, you know, we, we, we in this household we actually call it sibling justice. So it's like, you know, if, if, if somebody's doing the wrong thing, there's bound to be at least one that's going to come and tell us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't allowed I, I on the games, it. so they're on the games and you've got to do something about it. <laughs> I know. Well, we had one of my daughters got her ears pierced because I said when they're 10 they can get their ears pierced. We're all here. <laughs> <laughs> But one uh, one of my brothers was getting married, so I said that one of the flower girls could get her ears pierced. Just it was only like four weeks before she was actually ten. Well, you know that's not fair. I had that's to a say. terrible parenting choice. <laughs> <laughs> they they are so on the ball when there is an injustice to be had. <laughs> oh yes, they have they have good memories for that kind of thing. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um. Has your faith played a big role in in your life choices and getting you through parenting? Um, yes and no. Um, like I was born and raised Catholic, um, mm -hmm. so my whole upbringing was, you know, within the church and, you know, my parents used to serve at church and, you know, um, they're musicians so they used to play at church mm -hmm. and all that so you know most of my upbringing was you know Catholic schools and and church and all of that and um, I think you go through a stage I think most people do where you've got to find your own your own belief and your own way into it you can be yep. taught a lot of things as a good foundation but I think you've still got to find your own own relationship Definitely. so you know teenage years and you know early adulthood and stuff, you know, you, you, you push and pull and struggle a little bit against that. So starting off our family and having our family was never a choice of, oh, you know, this is a religious choice that we must yeah. have family. So it sort of started off that way. But I, I seriously, I don't know how other people do it, but for me, I don't know how anyone has a large family and not find some sort of, strength in their beliefs and and their faith I just I don't think I could do it personally without it um mm -hmm. it it helps me make my decisions and it and it helps me you know probably be a, a firmer parent <laughs> you know that mm. um I want them to do good things with their life and mm. um you know well aware that they're also going to go through that that moment of trying to find their own way through as yeah. well but because I know that, you know, I, I very much believe that God has a way of making life happen that you will find a relationship with God. So, you know, I kind of sit back and when, you know, 
all teenagers do that, oh, I don't believe this or I don't believe the same thing. And you kind of go, I used to get really upset about it and nowadays mm. I don't because I just think, well, you know, that's, it's probably easier if you do it this way, but, you know, if you've got to do it the other way, <laughs> we'll, we'll just sit back and we'll wait and we'll see because eventually yeah. they all sort of come around and, mm. and find their way through it. So. And that's that's beautiful. That's you know letting them make their faith their own because when it becomes your own, that's when it becomes more of a a, a personalized relationship and more of a you're more convicted in your beliefs exactly. rather than doing something because mum and dad to, you know told me to that's do it. it. This just, way. If you're just born and raised that way. That's what yeah. you do. You know you you might actually you sort don't of understand fall why off you're doing that it. you know off that path a little bit, but. I think, yeah, when you when you know that, oh, this is the path I want, need to take and I'm taking my own steps, not because somebody's dragging me along, but I'm actually walking it because I want to walk it and it's the right thing um, for yourself, yeah, I think you, you, you're more likely to stay on it then. Yeah. Or you're more likely to appreciate it once you're there, once you're on it. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and know how precious it, precious it is to stay on yeah. the path. It's much exactly. easier. <laughs> so much easier. I'll tell you what, um, and there's a freedom from coming from that. Yes. I, I um, just you told me before we hit record that you have one bathroom. So <laughs> yes. I still can't get that out of my head. <laughs> I have two, and and I find that that is a challenge. I thought I was doing it tough. Oh my goodness! You are a saint. <laughs> One bathroom. So, yeah. is there like a schedule, <laughs> um, or do the boys have you got a, a very, very, very prolific lemon tree outside that the, that the boys <laughs> go to? No, that's not allowed. <laughs> um, I, it's just I don't I don't Big even know stuff. why we only put one bathroom in. To be honest, we did extend our house uh, when we were pregnant with number six. Uh, we needed more bedrooms. We only had two bedrooms at that point, so we thought we need more bedrooms. And it just—I I don't know—I I really hate cleaning bathrooms. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I hear you. Oh, I, <laughs> so I kind of figured that, you know, one bathroom. Eventually, all the kids are going to grow up, move out, and I don't want to be left with like three or four bathrooms to clean. So I just kind of figured, well, one's one's plenty for me to clean, and um, so we've just yeah, miss Mrs. Practical. I like. <laughs> I like, like we've learned a lot of patience. And um, there's a lot of sharing skills that go on, and um, you know, maybe a strong constitution not to have to go quite as often. Maybe you don't drink as much water either. <laughs> it's a good way of keeping the water bill down. <laughs> yeah, I just think, oh my goodness, hats off to you. One bathroom, like in the morning, like how did they get out the door? I, don't know. I, I just don't I just don't notice the the hassle chaos yeah I just kids just come and go and Good you know if somebody's you. in there I'm you know impressed. if somebody's girls is in there and they're putting makeup on or something everyone just kind of pokes their head in and goes yeah they're doing makeup we'll come back in a moment and they just they just go and find something else that needs to be done and and on we go so it just seems Fantastic. to work and you know in 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 time as I said i you know, it'll just be Ray and I back in this house one day and then I'm going to be like, I'm so grateful I only have one bathroom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm impressed. I'm... So how many bedrooms do you have now? Um, look, we built it so that we were at one point where we were using it as a seven-bedroom. Um, 
the the seventh bedroom was actually the sunroom and it's become a storage area for you know maybe gifts yeah. and santas uh-huh. <laughs> so nobody, nobody goes in there it's a workshop <laughs> yeah that's right it's off-site storage facility um <laughs> so at the moment we're using six rooms as bedrooms oh wow that's fantastic i so how, you've how many are out of out of the house Okay, so we've only got 10 here at home now, which to other people may seem like a lot of children in a house, but it's it's a bit weird, you know, when you go to put the plates out for dinner and you think, oh, I've only got to put down like 12. Um, mm. Are you sure that's all that's eating here tonight? <laughs> like, you know, there's no extras here tonight. Um, so six have moved out. Um, of that, we've got three that are now married and one engaged and... Um, mm. Another one that, you know, just, yeah, they're just out of the house and having their life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And doing, well, you know, uh, having a bit of a... So are their grandchildren? Um, we've got um, four grandchildren. Um, so one was just born in February. So a new little squishy bubby, which is, <laughs> which is really good. And I was, I was so lucky because we were sort of watching the... Um, the date of when the baby was due and I knew I had um, my surgery coming up and I was like, oh, am I going to get to see this baby before I go in for surgery? And I knew I would have a, a difficult and long recovery. And um, that baby was born and I managed to get in, I think it was only a couple of days before I had to head to Brisbane. And um, I got got a cuddle. They, they let him out of the nursery so I could actually have a cuddle and a photo with my new grandson uh, oh. before I went down to Brisbane. So, yeah. Beautiful. Now let's talk about this this cancer journey. You mm. have had cancer twice, not once but twice, um, yeah. both unrelated, like they're, they're not related to each other. So the first right. cancer was thyroid. Thyroid cancer, yep. So back in, um, actually after I had, our 16th baby, um, I developed a cough and couldn't shake it. You know, those it, it's, people would back off from you because they thought, <laughs> are you contagious? Like, Lucky a, you have you didn't have it last time. Oh, no, no, last time. I mean, yeah, I would have been quarantined <laughs> off some, some, somewhere else. Um, but it was one of those really thick sort of, you know, you think, oh, you've got bronchitis or something yucky. Um, but I would go to the doctors and, you know, chase it up. I oh, would get an X-ray and I would get some antibiotics and we try different things and inhalers and whatnot and nothing seemed to work. It just kind of hung around and, you know, the doctors couldn't really do anything much for me and I'd I'd get busy with life and then I'd think, oh, I really need to do something about this cough, you know, so I'd go back again and we'd, we'd try something different. And eventually, because um, it had been there for a couple of years and, and it was really starting to impact on my life, you know, I, I couldn't attend breathlessness or just just the cough you know if if you just yeah just just the cough you know if I went to any functions or anything at school and stuff I'd be there you know you're a heavy smoker background (laughs) and yeah people would think you know (laughs) the worst about you um so eventually I went back to my doctor and I said look can I go to a specialist I really think I need somebody to look down my neck I just feel this need to to be seen Mm -hmm. to so I went to a specialist and um, he decided to numb my throat and put a camera down. And he said, no, that, look, that looks all clear. It looks really good. Um, but then he stood behind me and he put his hands on my neck to feel my neck. And he said, do you realise you've got a lump? 
And I went, no, I do. Like, <laughs> seriously? And when the numbing went away, so did the lump. You couldn't actually feel it anymore when the numbing um, agent went away. Um, so from there we looked into getting an ultrasound to see what that was. And when they did the ultrasound, they actually found several lumps in my thyroid. And he said, look, um, somebody my age with this many kids and all of that sort of stuff, he said you would expect to see some sort of, you know, discrepancies in, the, in a thyroid. You know, nobody has a clear mm -hmm. thyroid at that age. But he said there's, there's one here that, you know, I would really like to biopsy that um, for, the, for its size and just what he thought about it. So they did that and... I came back thinking, nah, it's all going to be good. You know, it's fine. <laughs> it's, you know, the eternal optimist, oh, you know, it'll be fine. So I took took my little one with me at the time thinking 10 minutes I'll be in and out of an appointment and we'll be on our way and then I'll continue to try and figure out what the cough was about. And um, anyway, I went in and it was about four, four and a half hours uh, when I turned up from that appointment till my husband picked me up and took me home. Mm -hmm. Um, and I walked out of there with a date to go into hospital. Um, I had two weeks to get my life in order, basically, and it, I was told that, you know, um, it's the first time a doctor had said the word cancer to me, and it's wow. not a nice word to hear. No um, way. Mm. Were there many tears? Um, I came home and we sort of rounded up all the kids and said, look, you know, mum's got something to to tell you, and... It's a hard conversation to have with kids. Um, mm -hmm. Some of them were, were just went really quiet, didn't didn't have anything to say, um, just probably processing what was going mm -hmm. on here. Some of them burst into tears. Um, some actually got quite quite angry, but they weren't angry at me. I think they were just angry at angry. the at the disease and angry that why is this happening to us and my mum mm -hmm. and my family sort of thing. Um, you know, I went over and I saw my mum and told her and then I made a whole bunch of phone calls to my sister and um, my husband's five siblings and his parents and my friends and, you know, sort of repeating it over and over and over. I think that kind of almost helped get it into my head a little bit of, whoa, mm. this, is, this is actually happening. Mm -hmm. Now what? <laughs> you know, where do we go to from here? And it was uh, it was not a fun surgery at all. Um, I have a you know a four inch scar across my my throat. Um, it took my voice, so I had very little voice for a long mm. time. Uh, I think the kids and hubby probably enjoyed the quiet mummy <laughs> in, the, in the household. <laughs> you know, I've never had to get up off my chair and go up to somebody's face so many times in my life. Tap, tap, I think tap. That, yeah, it was like. Okay this at you sort of thing um <laughs> how did you your writing I, skills come <laughs> yeah oh look charades became a big thing I think <laughs> um and you know through speech therapy and that I, I gained my voice back after that um how long did that take um it was it was months it was months wow. to get it right back to where I can speak like I can now and um prior to that I used to sing I've sung all my life and it was very much a part of my every day. I would sing with my kids. I would mm -hmm. sing when I'm praying. You know, most most of my day I would be humming and singing something. Um, and I lost a lot of my singing voice 
uh, through this as well and it has never completely come back. So some of it has. I can sing a little bit, but, you know, I often said afterwards that, you know, I might have been praising with my voice be beforehand, but God doesn't need me to sing in tune to continue to praise with it. So yeah. it's not as pretty as what it used to be. <laughs> I must have. I had spinal surgery a few years ago, and they went through my the, my neck to right. get to my spine, and I couldn't sing either. And I said that you know this is when you go for your appointment, you know, six week checkup. And he yeah. said, "How have you been?" I said, "I can't sing." And he said, "What? Well, were you a singer?" I said. But I sing all the time. It's actually quite devastating, you know. Yeah, I, was, I didn't so realise how much, yeah, it's come back now. I mean, I still can't sing as well as I used to be able to sing, but it was such a part, like I didn't realise how much I actually did sing and enjoy it. Yeah. And it, it, was, my, it was my prayer too. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Now mine's just a little uh, maybe off tune and maybe not as high as what it used to be. <laughs> yeah, and, and then a lot of clearing the throat. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> I want well, to get back up there like Whitney and Mariah. <laughs> well, I mean, unfortunately for me, like once once I had the surgery, um, the cough was still unrelated to the surgery, so I still had my cough oh. afterwards. So even after all of that, I was wow. still coughing and I had to go on. But one thing that I I found quite amazing was that one of the first um, things that we did to try and get rid of the cough, one of the first medications, um, didn't work back in the beginning. After I'd had the surgery, we I went to a different doctor and he said, oh, look, we're going to try this particular medication with you. And I said, oh, look, I've already tried that. And he said, no, look, I'd really like you to try it again then. And, you know, I used that and it worked. And I fully believe that if I hadn't have had that cough, mm -hmm. I never would have known that that thyroid cancer was in there until maybe perhaps it was too late. Yeah. Yep. And then after I had sorted that out, the cough was taken care of and it went away. How beautiful. Yeah, that's, his fingerprints are everywhere if we have the eyes to see. If you just look, yeah. Yes. Yeah. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. My my grandfather actually he had cancer, um, and it started off with with the skin cancer on his forehead. But he didn't realise until a book fell off the bookshelf and hit him on the head, right. and it opened the the scar on you know. Anyway, he just thought it was part of. He just thought it was flaky skin or something, and then this cut would never go away. And so then he oh. had a look, and he had cancer. Um, yeah. I think yeah. we've got to be very attentive to our bodies. <laughs> extremely if there's yeah. one thing I can tell people, you have to listen. not only just look for the physical signs, mm. you have to listen to your instinct. You know, mm. there's a gut feeling that sometimes um, if things aren't just quite right, you need to advocate for your own health care. And mm. you've got to push sometimes because sometimes doctors can just sort of go, no, nah, I can't find anything there. Mm. And you just, you know, as I said, life gets busy and, you know, you just go on with things, but you've got to, you've got to keep pushing sometimes to find out what's wrong. Mm. Is there thyroid cancer in the family? No, there's no cancer um, on my side of the family at all. No. Wow. Mm. Um, 
so your cancer, your thyroid's completely free, uh, clear? Yep. Um, the type of cancer that I had in my thyroid is something that you have to watch. Um, so for the next 15 years after I had that, so that was 2017, um, so for the next 15 years, every 6 to 12 months, I go back for blood tests and scans on it to make sure it doesn't come back somewhere because it can sort of come back anywhere, any anytime, any place. So, yeah, so, and that's that's how we've found the the new round of cancer through one of those tests. Wow. But it is not related at all to the thyroid? Completely different type of cancer, yeah. I would have put money on <laughs> not that I'm a betting woman but I would have put yeah. money on saying oh it's going to be the same type of cancer I, I, I bet that's the same one and when the doctor walked into my hospital room and, and told me what it was and I kind of went oh <laughs> that's that's not the same sort and he said no and and I kind of went right so it's a standalone primary cancer it's it's completely different and how did you know you had that what were the um when inkling back in 2017 um when we were looking for the cough so i was having all these scans done um and that's how we sort of fell over finding about the thyroid cancer but um during that time of all those scans they happened across other lumps within me mm -hmm. and um we we sort of just watched those occasionally that you know that none of them look nasty but we just watch them every so often and again for some for some reason, and again, it's kind of that that gut feel. I kind of thought, oh, you know, if I'm going in for the thyroid scans and, and bloods, yeah, it's probably time I looked at this particular other one again, which is down in my abdomen. And mm. and I thought, oh, yeah, we might as well <laughs> do it all in one go sort of thing. Get it over and done with. I don't have much time. I know. I've right? got to be back at school. Let's <laughs> pick up. Let's get on with this. So, you know, I went back for those scans and they came back and the first doctor then said, oh, one of the cysts in your kidney um, looks like it might have changed. And I kind of went, oh, that, that doesn't sound good. Um, so we'll do some more tests. So we were back in to do, um, not the CTs, we were in to do ultrasounds on it to see if they could get a clearer view of it. And that then turned into, again, a few hours at the radiologist's where they had phoned the doctor and said, we need to do more tests on this lady. So they did a full range of tests and came back and said, the, the cyst is fine, the cyst is benign, and it hasn't changed, but you have a tumour in your kidney. And I went, oh, that doesn't sound great. <laughs> what does that mean? Get it out. <laughs> I know, it's like, oh. And they said, well, look, knowing, you know, it, it's probably um, a renal carcinoma. That's what it looks like to us. But without actually putting a needle into it, we mm. won't know. But we don't want to put a needle into it because we think that it's contained. We can't see that it's spread anywhere. So, you know, they're not in the habit of putting needles into something that might then, you know, sort of spread it through mm. your body. So they said, look, one way or another, whether it's benign or cancerous, we're going to have to get this out of your body. It's going to cause problems in time. Um, because at this stage, you know, I'm, I'm symptom free. I don't have, I don't even know that it's there. And they said, look, we won't know till we get it out, whether it's cancer or not. But you're still going to have to decide whether you want to remove the kidney in, in full, and which I could have done in town here and with a, a slightly smaller operation, 
or do we want to have a go at just removing the tumour and save your kidney, but it will require going to um, the capital and, you know, so you're going to be away from your family. This is a big open surgery because of where it is. Of course, you know, I like to do things the hard way. So, of course, it was at the back <laughs> and the bottom of my kidney where, you know, they oh, can't wow. just laparoscopically remove mm. this tumour. They had to open me right up to do it. So mm. Man. It's, it's been interesting. <laughs> yeah. So um, will you have to be on dialysis or not because they no. kept the kidney, you won't? Kidney, they saved the kidney. Um, mm -hmm. They removed both the cyst and the tumour. Um, and then, yes, that came back that that was cancerous. Um, and at this stage, yeah, my kidney is functioning well. So yeah. I'm happy with that. <laughs> yeah. So do you have to go through chemo now or radio? Um, that hasn't been mentioned. I go back in a couple of weeks to have a follow-up appointment. Um, at this stage, I believe they're, they're very happy that the margins were clear. Um, around the tumour so I'm hoping fingers crossed that that that's it <laughs> that we can just kind of monitor it with maybe scans and that sort of thing mm -hmm. um, I mean if there's if there's more to do I'll, I'll do it um, and face that then but at this stage nobody has said absolute that you've got to go and do anything else at this stage. And how how, how has your family reacted? Um, some of it has been very similar to when I had the thyroid cancer. I mean, we definitely had some tears. Um, and I think, you know, I maybe I picked up more this time around with the stress. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you, you notice that, that, that push-pull, you know, everyone's on edge. Mm -hmm. And um, I think things here at home, you know, Dad did a great job of, holding the fort together you know down while I was in Brisbane um when I came home you know I could definitely see the stress in action it was you know people were maybe a little bit tired and a little bit grumpy at times but we're 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 pulling together and getting through that mm. well we're definitely going to be praying for you <laughs> <laughs> thank you I definitely go to be you. you know lots of people ask me prior and during you know what what do I need what do I need help with and that and besides folding socks if anyone wants to come and fold them <laughs> and, you know match up the masses loads of socks that we've got in our house um I really just appreciate the prayers I just it's what carried me through when I had the thyroid cancer I had literally thousands of people around the world praying for me and I just felt like, you know, I've, I've got my own strength and my own faith, but I've got everybody else's too, so I can do this, you know. Yeah. Even those yeah. really the darkest moments through that, I felt like I could get through it. And this time around, you know, it's, it's been the same thing. I've, I've, I've just sort of gathered up everybody's prayers and, and, and positive thoughts and I've thought, you know what, Again, it doesn't matter how this turns out. I'm taking all of those in with me and I'm just going to give it my best shot and we will just try try hard to get through it and hope for a really good outcome. I mean, it's times like this when you realise that actually you can't do this on your own. It's not something that you can just kind of muscle through. It's oh, that it, yeah. <laughs> this is when you realise that we actually belong to each other. You know, Absolutely, we, yeah. It's, we rely on each other. We're, we're wired for community and to, to 
get through this journey of, of Earth to eternity together. Because Absolutely. you can't. You can't possibly do it on your own. And, look, that covers just everyday life. It covers family life. Mm. Uh, cancer is just one of those things. Any kind of sickness, you know, you you have better outcomes, I believe, if you do it with other people by your side, um, mm. those people who, who don't involve their family and friends in their journey. And that, I think, you know, really doing it the tough way. I think mm. there's an easier way to do it. And, and but they're also it. missing out on that that connection. Oh, like, I mean, yeah. this suffering that you're going through is redemptive suffering. Like it's if if we use it for the good, good things come out of it. Like that, it's horrible. Like it's not. You know, no one wishes to have cancer or you know to, wishes to suffer. But when we unite ourselves to the cross, um, we can only draw goodness from it. That's it. And, I mean, each, um, both both times that I've, I've had cancer now, I've, I've lent heavily on particular verses. And, you know, while I was going through the thyroid cancer, every test that I went to, I would be saying um, Psalm 28.7, which is, um, Lord, you are my strength and my shield. Um, I trust you with all my heart. You help me. And my heart is filled with joy. So I would repeat it over and over and over as I'm standing in machines and, you know, drinking mm. horrible things and <laughs> all these all these yucky things that you have to go through. And um, then what came out of that was Psalm 4610, which is be still and know that I am God. And if ever I was still was then for sure. <laughs> Especially <laughs> in an MRI. That's that's it. It was just like you, you, you're going to be still, you're going to be quiet. <laughs> with the thyroid ones so you know you're going to have to learn to just sit and 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 take this time to to recover and this time round I've lent on two different uh, verses as well um so as I was going in um I had Jeremiah 30:17 which is um I will restore you to health and yeah. heal your wounds and I knew I was going in and I knew I was going to have and I've got 8 inches of open wound at the moment um, dealing with that so and when I've come out of that um, now I'm sort of reading a lot with um, 1 Peter 5 10 which is and I'll just read it off here in his kindness God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus so after you have suffered a little while he will restore support and strengthen you and he will place you on a firm foundation and it's funny because every year I choose a word to to focus on and last year was endurance, and I don't know, I was really hoping for a really pretty word last year, <laughs> but endurance kept coming at me, and, you know, after 2020, we all know why I needed that word. <laughs> mm -hmm. And this year, um, before I've gone into this cancer journey, I kept thinking, you know, again, I want a really pretty word. I want a fun word that's nice and I can journal and I can do all the good stuff, you know, but restore kept coming to me. And I was like, I don't want restore. It's a hard <laughs> word. Like, <laughs> you know, if you're restoring a piece of furniture, you've got to sand it and you've got to pull it apart and you've got to do lots of hard things to it before it becomes nice again. And 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 I'm just like, I don't want that word. But it just kept coming at me. Everything I did, everything I read, everything I heard would keep coming back. Somebody would pray for me and they would ask for my restoration. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Please like, don't. Please, no. I'll go Can there. You I, don't want, I, don't, I don't want this word. This is a hard word. 
but I went, okay, okay, I hear you, God. I'm, I'm, I'm going with restore. And then when I came across this that said you will suffer a little while and then he will restore you, I, okay, that's my word. <laughs> that's definitely my word. I would year. have been in floods of tears. <laughs> um, I have. I've, I've shed more than a few tears for sure. <laughs> he is so tender and he is so um, – he. there's such an intimacy there. Like like he just speaks those words to you and there's such um, truth and beauty in them and that's it's it's so he's so attuned to our lives that we we forget that he he already knows he knows us more than we know ourselves oh yes <laughs> and, and and as you said like the the word kept coming to you do you pray about a word or does it do you just I do, do you say show me I, I because I want a pretty one <laughs> I, I want a nice one an easy one like you know believe or bloom or you know something that I can really embrace <laughs> yeah something fun <laughs> and easy but I don't believe that God always gives us easy just because we yeah. are but easy and you know I can I can try as hard as I want to pick the word that I want but my word will come every year and it's mm. and they all blend you know one year into mm. the next seems to blend and I'm kind of like yeah. I, I'm they build, they build upon they build upon the other, the next and the next. I know, so I'm um, really hoping next year's is a really <laughs> a really easy word to go with. <laughs> it will be restored. Restored, Done. that's it. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> but 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 how beautiful is when something is rest restored, when when restoration has come about, it's it's beautiful and that's that's what he wants that's what he's doing with your life he's restoring it you know yeah one yeah. one one skin cell uh, one uh, one nail uh, one one lot of sanding at a time right <laughs> <laughs> removing and what's just, not necessary <laughs> just wait and see the, the gem that he's making with your life how beautiful well it'll all I'm, be for his glory that's for sure <laughs> totally I'm uh, thank you so much for chatting with us it's I'm oh, going to put pleasure. you um on the top of my prayer list I'm going to put you on I, I teach a year one class and we have a prayer board you're going to go on that so the oh, children's prayer, prayers are um you know he listens to those first and foremost <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe he asks children to pray and you know good things happen yes um, <laughs> and I'll put you on the um, Universal Sisterhood podcast um, Instagram page and we'll get an army of women praying for you. I'm so grateful. He, want, he wants you restored to your glory. <laughs> he does. For his glory but to Scars glory. and all, right? Scars and all. And I'm sure that, you know, all of these scars that I now proudly wear, you know, I'm sure that's just part of my story. Now, you know, scars have never worried me. Like, you know, when I went down to see the specialist and he said, you know that you're going to have a really large scar after this and it's not going to be pretty. And I said, I don't care about pretty. I said, I just, you know, just make me well. <laughs> and that's it. And I said, I, I proudly wear my scars because I just think that's something that, that tried to get you. And I mm -hmm. went, not today. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you picked the wrong girl. <laughs> yeah. But the scars are a proof of... of of hardship and that you got through the other side. That's um, 
it's it's a restoration but it's a little you know shabby chic maybe it's a little (laughs) (laughs) it's just how he wants you i know it can't be perfect (laughs) have you did you have all 16 children naturally so there's no there's no c-section scarring um yeah no i had i had the first 15 naturally and when we had baby number 16, we went into the hospital thinking, yep, we'll just pop in, have a baby like we normally do and pop home again. Um, but, um, again, there were other plans afoot there. So um, I actually had a complete cord prolapse. So after many, many hours of being in labour, I got really tired. I lay down and baby must have shifted and the cord, the umbilical cord came down ahead of baby and um, when they realised that heart rate was dropping, um, but I think it was about 10, 15 minutes where I was um, prepped and in surgery. And the last thing I heard before I was actually, um, because I was put under general anaesthetic, mm-hmm. um, the last thing I heard was we've lost the baby's pulse. And so that's, oh. and, then, and then I was out to it. And so, you know, when I woke up, I was just like, the pain was excruciating. I'd never experienced that before. But, you know, I can just vaguely remember Ray saying, you know, we've got a baby girl and she's okay. And I was just, I was so grateful. And then then all the pain was worth it after that. But that was an interesting journey too. And it was not something I was used to. And uh, much, much respect for all the women out there who have had to have C-sections, you know, not by choice, but, you know, have had to to go amazing yeah. what we go through yeah wow um it doesn't get easier does it birth no, I'm talking about. no no these people who say you know oh the you know your labor time gets shorter and uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh, uh-uh. Uh-uh, i can uh-uh. test to that too said, yeah you've had long labors too <laughs> they just get worse and worse <laughs> well i've had 241 and a half hours of labor with the last one incomplete with the C-section. So I, I can attest that they certainly, for me, they, they don't get shorter for sure. I'll tell I you what, heaven is going to be good. Birth baby. <laughs> heaven is going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be no labour. <laughs> no labour, no. No cancer, no, no dishes, no socks. <laughs> <laughs> Not one toilet. <laughs> yeah, there'll be, there'll be a whole room full of toilets. <laughs> Lots of bathrooms. Bathroom for everyone. (laughs) And you don't have to clean it. So, Jenny, (laughs) at the end of every podcast, I ask my guests to think of something that brought them joy this week. So I was wondering if you could think of one thing that brought you joy this week. It could be anything. It could be a sunset, a song, anything, anything at all. A cricket. (laughs) I can hear outside my window. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, well, while you're thinking, would you like me to tell them my joy? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'll think of my joy. My joy is that my my children have um, discovered that they really like musicals and when they're – I can actually see them through the windows now because I'm down – I'm outside in the studio. I can see them singing into hairbrushes. <laughs> oh, and it's something that I used to do all the time. I think some of my children have taken after me and they're, they're having a, a little, like, musical up there in the kitchen I can see from now and it's bringing me such joy because <laughs> I, that's how I spent most of my childhood, singing into a hairbrush. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
goodness. Um, have you read a good book? Have you have has you know oh, the hell? So, I mean, I'm 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 consistently on on YouTube, and um, because you know I've just started editing the videos of this cancer journey, hmm. and um, I I've only just uploaded the very first first one of all the testing and and those. And I'm finding it really difficult to sit and look back through some of the footage. It's pretty raw and mm. um, it's pretty honest <laughs> about what, what I've been through. And I asked Hubby, would he come and have a watch of it? Because normally I just, you know, I just edit things and put it up and <laughs> life goes on. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't know whether I should put all of this up because I don't want to upset people and and you know make a big drama out of out of it sort of thing I don't want to bring you know all that attention just because yeah. of it you know so I asked hubby to would he come and watch it through and he sat there and most times if you ask him to watch something he's kind of like yeah yeah gotta go gotta go you know? it's just like come on how much longer is this going to be and he said no he said you should really put that up and I said oh is it okay is it is it too raw, you know? And he said, no, he says, I, I couldn't couldn't pull myself away from it. Mm. And at the end he had tears in his eyes and I think it made me realise that um, how, how much this has affected our whole family and to know that, you know, he can sit there and be emotional about it and feel safe to do that. Mm. Um, I think that 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 brought me uh, not joy, but it just it kind of just made me feel good that mm. you know um, that we can share that together and that I can you know help get that awareness out there. And mm. it also doesn't hurt that every school run time hubby's been doing the school runs because I can't drive, mm-hmm. and um, I I lay down and have a nap <laughs> during that time. Oh, nice for doing that right. And every time Ray gets home with all the kids, because, you know, you've got, you know, at least eight of them piling out of the car and into the house. And he's always like, you know, don't wake your mother up, you know, be quiet and stuff like that. But my littlest one always sneaks into my room. And whether I'm awake or not, she makes sure I am awake then. And she'll give me a little kiss or she'll leave me a little note beside the bed just to say, hi, mummy, or I love you, mummy, and stuff like that. I've appreciated all of those this week too. It's beautiful. (laughs) But getting back to being like your raw video, being vulnerable allows others to be vulnerable too. So he he was watching you be vulnerable with yourself. So he was able to cry, you know, and have that let his guard down, which is it's so it's so restorative. There's that restore word. <laughs> There's that restore. Yep. <laughs> like it brings such healing to relationships and 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 intimacy that wouldn't normally. Like, it it deepens them, I should mm. say. And I think, um, and 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 even if it's not with your spouse, if it's with other people, you know, I've heard so mm-hmm. many other people's journeys, and they open up to me as well. And I, yeah. I spend a lot of my nights talking, you know, on on Facebook or Instagram with with other mums and other people who are going through similar journeys or have had cancer and and have survived it and or have lost family members to it. And I just, it's so important to know none of us are alone. And that's, mm. you know, none of us are alone because we've got each other and none of us are alone because, you know, Jesus is there too with us. So, 
you know. It's so true. But, uh, what, what's the saying? Is it St. Catherine of Sia? Um, St. Catherine... Uh, St. Therese Lazieux, who's, I think, oh, I can't remember. I'm going to butcher it. Maybe it's Edith Stein. I don't know. You can I'll give your interpretation it of it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's something that the woman's heart is, the woman's heart is where other people can, their soul can unfold, something like that. But we have yeah. the ability to, to unlock something in people that they can um, share, basically, you know. Women's hearts are very special. You know, they very they, special. They hold so much. They carry so much. You know, it's mm. not just your own journey, but your children's journey and your husband's journey, and and your friends and your family, and and even strangers. Mm. Sometimes, you know, you carry their their journey as well. And it's amazing how big your heart can get, and how much we can mm. actually manage to to hold. Yeah, and and coming from a mother of sixteen, um, your your heart grows. Oh, like it, yes. it doesn't get it doesn't get smaller, you know. That it doesn't get full up of you know. You people say, how can you love another child? You know, <laughs> and love multiplies. It gets bigger. It doesn't get smaller or crowded. It just grows. It does. And, and you're a witness. You're a testament to that. So thank oh. you. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, I better let you go and have a rest. <laughs> another nap. Um, another nap is good. <laughs> I will pray yeah, we've got a few more your... weeks of the hard recovery at the moment and hopefully things will get better, but it's improving day by day. So, Where can people find you? Um, just under the Bonnell family, so B-O-N-E-L-L. Um, they can find us on Facebook and Instagram and on YouTube. Okay. I'll put all that in the show notes. Wonderful. Um, so thank you so much. Um I'll be praying for you. I'm sure a lot of other people will be praying for you. And we look forward to hearing your restored journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> know just how much I appreciate the prayers and all the love and support that everyone's given us as a family and, and, and for me through this journey. And, you know, twice is enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is it, right? No more. Yeah. No more. <laughs> no more, God. <laughs> I've learned whatever I'm supposed to learn. I've learned it. <laughs> he wants you to rest. He does. He yeah. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he loves you so much. You're a good egg. <laughs> I think right. great if he wants us to take naps, right? <laughs> exactly. Thanks, Jenny. It was wonderful talking to you. You too. Bye. Bye. I'll just